All right, we are back with a whole nother episode on the Guided Truth Podcast. I just want to welcome everyone back. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being so supportive and just really wanting to hear what God is saying. Just really wanting to key in to what he's doing. In this season, he has definitely been heavily speaking about forgiveness at least in my life and I just wanted to share that you know I wanted to share what he has been pouring into me in a very helpful way in a practical way in a way that we can look and say wow I can definitely see how this can be applied to my life you know as scripture goes on as scripture is given to us it's not simply just for us to read it and memorize it as we most likely would grow up doing in church but as a matter of fact, it's for us to truly live out. It's for us to know that we are more like Jesus than we think. We are more like Jesus than we can imagine. And he is the word. He is the word that we've been reading. He is the word that we've been meditating on. And his desire is that the word will truly become flesh within us. So if you don't know, now you know we're talking about forgiveness. You know, this new season has been so pivotal in my life there's a reason it's called a shift there's a reason that I've named the season the shift and I know I haven't touched on it much but whenever a shift is occurring you know there's some movements that are taking place there's some people that are being moved around you might be the one moving around you know all of the things around you might be moving it can be physical it can be spiritual and Sometimes when God shifts a thing, it's always going to be for the better and never for the worse. So as you are stepping into your season of shift, you know, and that normally happens in the summertime. I don't know if you guys notice it, but whenever there's either a summer or a winter, there's kind of this shift that occurs, whether it's emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. When you recognize, you can truly say, okay, that we're in a new season, a different season, and we're preparing for something else. I don't know, to me, the summertime always feels more like a new year rather than the actual new year. I know, don't ask. It's okay, you're going to talk to me in the comments later. That's fine. <laughs> so, yes, we've been talking about forgiveness and, you know, it's a two-step process. Actually, it can be a two-step process, but most of the time, we are normally the ones that's delaying this process, unfortunately. And we talked about the first step, which was acknowledgement. But now we're about to get into the second step. And this particular episode is called Erasing the Debt. That's right. The second step to forgiveness is basically erasing the debt. I know. I know. I know. Yes. Just just, just track with me. So in Matthew 18 verse 23 it says, I tell you, and this is Jesus speaking, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. And this is when I believe, you know, Peter was asking how much time or how many times should we forgive someone? And, you know, Peter's Peter at this point. I believe that everyone needs a Peter in their life. Okay. Everyone needs a Peter. Everyone needs that person that's eager to be the best at everything, but is also going to challenge you. Everybody needs that one person in their lives that are going to ask the questions that others are afraid to ask everyone needs that one person that's going to ask the question thinking that they know the answer all right so peter's here and he's asking you know jesus master savior lord whoever whichever version you want to choose he comes and he says 
How many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. You know, he's, he's, he's confident that he knows the answer. And Jesus is telling you, I say, not as many as seven, but 70 times seven. You know that person that's always in the room who always knows the right answer and knows what to say? Anyway, this is Peter. But... <laughs> You know, Jesus Jesus understands that his eagerness and his immaturity and he believes he knows at this point, you know, what it means to follow Jesus. He believes at this point he knows probably what the master is thinking, but Jesus is like, you're not even close. You're not even close, son. And that same scripture continues to say, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he did not have the money to pay back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to, to pay the debt. At this time, the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me. I will pay you everything. Then the master of the servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him his loan. Now we're going to focus on this particular part where it says, the reason the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And then we drop down to verse 27. Then the master of the servant had compassion, released him and forgave him of his loan. Now keep in mind, a king is a ruler of any independent state. It's like normally inherited by birth. The purpose of a king while ruling is to establish order and keep peace by that inherited authority. You know, the Bible says that God has made us kings and priests to him. We have, we have and we shall reign on earth just as Christ reigns. So, so follow me. It says a king who wanted to settle his accounts. If the Bible tells you that you're a king, I just need you to understand that We've set the premise, just as the scripture is talking about God, is also talking about us. We are people, we are human, and when somebody does something wrong to you, we want to settle that account. There's this innate part of us that's like, okay, so, yeah, what we about to do about this, you know? And it's within our nature to want to settle accounts it's within god's nature to want to settle accounts you know to scan through and see who owed what and make sure that this is paid that's paid and that's how the mind functions actually our mind is made up to literally check off all of the things that are important to us to check off everything it is that we need to do and if it's a part of our duty i'm pretty sure that we are checking that off within our mind so we want to make sure that all the necessary tasks are complete. So we go through the important stuff. We make sure that they're taken care of. And you are one of those important people. So when somebody does something wrong that within our heads is so unforgivable, it's at the front of our head regardless of if we try to put it to, to the back. That's one of those things that will always be at the top of the task list that you're trying to settle the account of. For some of us, that account settling might be like, you know, it might be retaliation for other people. You know, it might simply be talking to the person. Either way, it's a tiring process, whether or not we want to admit it. 
to make this even more practical think of yourself as a bill collector think of yourself as a tax collector think of yourself as a person that is owed something beyond being hurt if you're a bill collector if you're a tax collector you're going to go through your ledger and you're going to go ahead and see and look for all of these people that haven't paid what they're supposed to pay that are probably owing their taxes that probably didn't even give the right amount that they're supposed to give and that in itself is tiring it's tiring like imagine the lot the mind of a lender you know you're having to go through every detail in every account to make sure at least 3.2 billion people have paid what they have borrowed and that another 3.2 billion people probably paid at least half that in itself has to be taxing no pun intended <laughs> it has to be irritating it can make you impatient and cold-hearted and even hyper aware of the imbalances of others and not your own because you're so focused on making sure that everything is being done right that everything is measuring up the mind of a lender could be so much more peaceful if you just erase the debt that's just the mind of the lender can you imagine being the borrower though? The person that knows that they have to pay a bill, the person that knows that there are debt collectors following them, that there are people that want to repossess their hearts, that want to foreclose on their homes, that know that they have school fees that need to be paid, that know that knows that, you know, there's so many different medical bills that they may have to, you know, go ahead and pay for, and they don't want to leave that strain on their family. It can be taxing being a borrower and having no way to pay that back and be taxing being the person that committed a crime or did something wrong and you literally have no way to recompense. You have no way to replace that thing that was broken or stolen or take away the hurt that you caused someone. Sometimes these things are unintentional. They're accidental. There we go. <laughs> They're accidental. Sometimes these things just happen. It can happen in an argument. It can happen in the heat of a moment. It can happen by accident. Honestly, nobody wants to drive down the street and hit a person in a car. Nobody wants to accidentally cause someone to stumble in a way where they get hurt. And sometimes these things happen and we might get into that mindset of the unforgivable, that unforgiveness, but God is really pointing us to, hey, it's so much easier to just erase the debt. It's easier to erase the debt of someone else and to even free yourself because sometimes we might think somebody is holding this thing against us, but when in all actuality, we have that guilt and condemnation that we're not even forgiving ourselves. You know, some may say it's not that simple. It's not that simple to simply just erase the debt that somebody else has to pay. It's not that simple to just forgive. It's not that simple to just let it go. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't, you don't know. But even though somebody has to pay the debt, think about you. There was somebody that paid your debt. I'm pretty sure... When we look at the price that Christ paid for each one of us, it doesn't even compare to the things that we are holding on for others. All of our debt was paid with Jesus, so God no longer looks at us trying to measure up. 
As we see, the man couldn't pay the debt to the master that the servant had compassion. He released him and he forgave him. One of the benefits that we would see and actually the necessary requirements of forgiving a person is compassion. You know, compassion means to have pity or a sorrowful concern for someone who has experienced misfortune. misfortune sorry. Excuse me. Where's my water? Anyway. <laughs> compassion is one of the benefits and necessary requirements of forgiveness. It says to have pity or sorrowful concern for others who have experienced misfortunes, misfortunate accidents, misfortunate circumstances. In other words, it just was the luck of the draw, quote unquote, if we had to look for a better way to put it. If we look at everyone who ever hurt us and, ch- and changed our mindset to that of compassion, we were able to go through the experience from their perspective. How often do we actually sit and say, you know what, I don't know what that person's going through. Maybe it was or wasn't their intention, but what is it that they're experiencing right now? Maybe they're actually more apologetic than we are giving them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe we they are actually wanting to reconcile more than we're allowing ourselves to be humble and receive it. If we can no longer be focused on I'm hurt, but focus on the misfortune of someone hurting us, as well as we hurting someone else, we're able to understand that misfortunes are unintentional and accidental, and they happen. They happen, they happen, they happen. That's why God is such a forgiving God. He continuously forgives. It's in his nature. It's a part of his habit. And because it's a part of his habit, it should also be a part of our habits to forgive the misfortunes of others, to forgive the accidents of others. Some things are just accidents. And are you willing to accept that it's an accident? It's unfortunate that the servant was unable to pay. It's unfortunate that someone cannot take back the things that they said to you. They can't take back that punch in the face. They can't take back that car accident that killed someone you love. They can't take back that shooting or take back that disrespect, that dishonor, that retaliation, that broken promise, that stolen item. It's unfortunate, but it doesn't have to be the misfortune that robs you of peace. It doesn't have to. We all have to go through that choice to heal and to walk through peace and simply just say, you know what, I'm going to forgive the dead. I'm going to forgive the dead. At the same time, you see the benefit of relief. You see the master released the servant. That means he no longer allowed the servant's inability to pay the debt, keep him prisoner. Remember the Bible says to judge at the same measure as which you would like to be judged. When you hold someone in contempt, you are holding yourself in contempt. When you hold someone a prisoner, you are holding yourself a prisoner. Do you know that prison is responsible for the prisoner? That means it even takes more energy for you to hold this person on heart and in prison. Come on, like seriously. That means you still have to feed them. You still have to provide for them, give them a place to stay. Look at all the energy it takes to do that. Do you know how much it costs to house one prisoner in America? Just one prisoner. That's at least 40,000 of your tax dollars. 
if you were to convert that to your own working energy that's how much power and how much energy that you're giving someone simply because you refuse to forgive them why are you why 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 no like seriously ask your question ask yourself this question why why what are you gaining from it it's taking more from you than you than you think do you really want all that weight on your chest on your shoulders listen clearing the debt brings relief it relieves it relieves stress <laughs> and it just shows that you can be and you actually are as compassionate as christ is it's there's, there's a ministry of mercy that is necessary in the church right now there's a ministry of mercy that is a requirement actually to really live this life because the bible says you'll receive the same kind of mercy that you show others are we willing to walk in a kind of merciful forgiveness to say that you know what i have shortcomings i make mistakes too and you you need the same kind of mercy i do you need the same kind of mercy that I receive every single day, every morning that I wake up, those same kind of new mercies. So ask yourself this question, are you willing to erase the debt for someone? Are you, are you willing to walk in that clarity, that relief, the giving up of that burden, of that peace by simply just letting the debt go, relieving someone and simply forgiving them? And I know I'm saying relieve someone as if it doesn't have an effect on us more. So trust me, unforgiveness has more of an effect on you than it does other people. There are more people that die because of unforgiveness than we think. So do yourself that favor. Do your health that favor. Do your life that favor. Do your spiritual walk that favor. And simply forgive. Simply forgive. You can't minister without forgiving. You can't live a clean life without forgiving. You can't have a pure heart without forgiving. So that's the, that's that's the message for today. Simply erase the debt. Erase the debt. It's unnecessary. Someone did it to you. Christ did it for you. Erase the debt. Give somebody that gift today. Whoever it is that you need to call. Whoever it is that you need to send that text message to, that email, that person that you probably haven't spoken to in 5 to 10 years, simply because you feel like you can never forgive what it is that they did, what they did was unforgivable. This is your sign. This is your sign to take this opportunity in this moment and forgive that person, have that tough conversation if necessary. Of course, Holy Spirit leads us and always. But it's in the nature of the Father to forgive. It's in the nature of God and of Jesus to forgive. And he lives within us. So that means it's also of your nature. No matter how painful it might feel in the moment. But trust me. The release that comes from truly walking in forgiveness. Has so much more benefit. Than walking with the weight of unforgiveness. So I'm just going to go and go ahead and pray for you. Those that are struggling to forgive, those that are in the process of forgiveness, those that are going through that healing, that 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 healing season of recognizing, you know, there are some things that you might have been holding on to. Father, I thank you for your grace to forgive that you've released. I thank you for your word and your teaching 
that constantly reveals to us the power of forgiveness, the the necessity of forgiveness. I pray for everyone that is listening, that has listened to your word, that has listened to this podcast, and even those that aren't able to hear it. Father, truly let there be a grace to forgive to fall upon their lives. Give them the encouragement. Give them the boldness. Give them the might. Give them the compassion. Give them the mercy that they need to truly have those conversations. Even if it's not with if they're not even able to have those conversations with the person physically. If they just have to say that, you know, Father, I forgive that person. The person might even be dead and you're still holding on to this unforgiveness. Father, give them that grace. Give them that release. And Lord, we thank you because of your love. The same way that you have decided, even as you went to the cross, Jesus, even as you went to the cross, you asked for that same kind of forgiveness on our behalf. You said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Let us also have that same kind of grace. Let us also have that same kind of forgiveness and let it be multiplied over and over and over, truly walking in that 70 times 70. Actually, said 70 times 7, but even multiplied some more to 70 times 70 if it's necessary because we'll never actually stop and count every single time. And that is our desire that we wouldn't keep track. So, Lord, I say that you get the glory, you get the honor, and you get the praise. That you will be magnified and that your word is truly ministered to a place where it touches hearts and it causes transformation in mind and in soul and body and in spirit in Jesus name. Amen.